Do you want to be a radical for Jesus? Well, this is Pastor David, host of Restoring Your Voice, and that's what this show is geared toward. Geared toward everyday Christians to equip you for the good works of Jesus and live out your faith radically. And I hope you enjoy this episode of Restoring Restoring Your Your Voice. Alrighty, everybody, welcome to this episode of Restoring Your Voice. That's right, the weekly Bible-based Q&A YouTube exclusive. So, it's not streamed on Facebook or Twitter or my website or anything like that. But, that's a good segue really quickly to talk about my website. There it is right there. Did you know that I have a website? So, you see, got lots of great content. I'm always updating it. I'm always improving, okay? I don't like things static. But uh, as you can see here, I'm scrolling down. Look, look. So photo galleries. You can sign up for the newsletter. Have you signed up for my newsletter yet? Right? Did you know I, I do my best to put out a devotional daily? I also write blogs. And you can receive it directly to your inbox automatically. Right? Here's the sermons on there. Here's the blog. Um, you can watch my messages and teachings. So everything you need is right there. You can listen to the audio version of the podcast. You can watch the videos directly from the website. And real quickly. You can also donate directly from the website. So, um, yeah, um, which is good for me to talk about real quickly that um, there's no show after this today. I, I have to go do stuff, and there's no show tomorrow because I have to take, I have to go to uh, the airport, which is a just over a two-hour drive. Now, I would normally be able to record and, and then stream it, but I'm unable to because of financial uh, difficulties. But that's where you can come into play to help me out. Now, I'm going to continue doing stuff for free. But right now, it's uh, limited um, based on uh, funds or lack thereof. So you can help out with that um, by donating and directly from the website. Or uh, let me take this off the screen. Um, or you can, um, right, right. you'll see it on your screen. You'll see a, a QR code up there. Um, or you can just real quickly, you can do this QR code if you're watching on your computer. So there are many ways. I made it way too easy. Also, the link to donate is also down in the video and audio description. So any amount is greatly appreciated. That will help me out uh, tremendously. So uh, let me do this real quickly here. I got to switch things over. Uh, share that instead when I got up there. Okay, all right, already. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, welcome. So yeah, so go ahead and put your Bible-based questions in the chat. Hey. It doesn't matter if we agree or not. If you disagree, you want to challenge me on something, right? Just, are there curses broken, right? Are there mention of, are there of Satan cursing? What, what is that? Are, what about divine healing? I don't care. Um, I, I'm here to help you. And you know what? Even if you challenge me and disagree with me, that's iron, it's still iron sharpening iron either way. So go ahead and put your questions in the chat right now. And we have our first question up from Eric. So Eric asks here, doesn't the Old Testament refer to his people, God's people, Israel, coming back to him after falling away? Can this be called revival? Well, first and foremost, yes, the Old Testament does absolutely refer to it. Um, God himself mentions it, that whom he scatters, he will regather. All right, we see this coming into fulfillment um, with, with his people being gathered back into Israel. And, they, you know, we know Israel is a nation today. Now, is this regathering revival? No, I wouldn't call it that because uh, we don't see that happening in Israel, right? They, they've been regathered, but, you know, they're a secular nation overall. But is there still revival for the Jews? Yeah, I'm going to bring the scripture up on your screen real quickly here for you. And I'm going to go to 
the book of Zechariah. So the book of Zechariah, we're going to go to chapter chapter 12. Chapter 12, this is probably a, a closer example that I can think of when it comes to revival within Israel. And let's see, here we go. So, and it says here in verse 10, and I will pour out house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and pleas for mercy, so that when they look on me, whom they have pierced, they shall mourn for him as, as one mourns for, for an only child and weep bitterly over him as one weeps over a firstborn. Okay, so what, what, what is going to happen is Jesus is going to show up, right? We know from the Bible, it's a public appearing, right? That the last trumpet, at the sound of the trumpet, with the voice of an archangel, it's going to be a public appearing. So, so the Jews, Israel, now could this be, you know, Jews all around the world? Could be. Could it be just focused on the nation of Israel? Could be. Um, but either way, he's going to show up. They're going to look at him, right, that, whom they have pierced. And then they're going to come to a deep repentance. And that would probably be the better example of um, revival mentioned in, in relation to the nation of Israel. Um, and also we see this mentioned in Romans chapter 11. Um, it says, what, is, what does this mean? But from death to life, what does from death to life look like? Re revival, right? So the, yes, also... The Jews and, and Israel play a key role um, in the resurrection and Jesus appearing um, and revival. So that's the best example I could probably give. Let me unstar that. Um, Richard says, last question I was trying to ask last week, 1 Corinthians 15, 29. Not sure, but we can look that up, scripture anyways. Uh, so 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's go there real quick first. Corinthians 15. So here we go. Uh, what is it? 29. I, I cannot remember last week. I have a hard time remembering what I ate for dinner last night. So um, let's see. What does 29 say? Otherwise, what do people mean by being baptized on behalf of the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized on their behalf? Okay. You'll, you'll have to refresh my memory. Um, on what your question was about there. Like I said, hey, I have a hard time sometimes remembering what I had for uh, dinner uh, last night. So you have to excuse me there. So go ahead. Yeah. I mean, uh, go ahead, put your questions in. All right. Like I said, you want to challenge me? You want to put, you got a question on demons, maybe? What, well, can a Christian be demon possessed or um, angels? What, what, what are angels, right? I know people, I asked a little bit while back, what would you like me to talk on? People submitted their responses. Um, and I think this is, this is probably the best, um, venue for addressing some of those questions because why well, I can answer you. I'm not just making a topic up where I'm just going to talk on, but my focus is on answering, uh, your question. So there it is. Hello, Zoris. Welcome. Welcome. Um, yeah. So go ahead, pop the questions in there. Um, and I will do my, I can't say any, any topic, any topic. I, I saw somebody disagreeing that for instance, there's no example of curses being broken in the Bible. And they said there's no, no such thing as uh, Satan cursing anybody in the Bible, which I was scratching my head because I can think of plenty of examples off the top of my head on that. Oh, oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Okay, let me bring it up on the screen. Let me see what's going on here with this. So I got to read other ones. Uh, so, right. So to get the full context of it, we have to read the scriptures above and below because we let scripture interpret scripture. 
Okay, so for God has put all things subjection under his feet, but when it says all things put in subjections, it is plain that he is accepted who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. So then otherwise, what do people mean by being baptized on behalf of the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized on their behalf? Why are we in danger every hour? I protest, brothers, but my pride in you. Okay, what do I gain if, humanly speaking, okay. If the dead are not raised, let us eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Okay, wake from your drunken stupor. Okay, so not a problem. Let me scroll back up. Let me go here. I'm going to have to explode this on your screen real quick. Um, I'm going to bring up the NET. Uh, I think that that is a there we go. Hopefully you guys should be able to see that. Why do I why the NET because it has a boatload of footnotes that I love to use. Um, here we go. Let's see this one says here. Ah, many suggestions have been offered for the puzzling expression "baptized for the dead." There are up to two hundred different explanations for the passage. Wow, a summary is given by Casey Thompson. Um, the most likely interpretation is that some Corinthians had undergone baptism to bear witness to the faith of fellow believers who had died without experiencing that right themselves. Paul's reference to the practice here is that neither a recommendation nor a condemnation. He is simply uses, uses it as evidence from the lives of the Corinthians themselves to bolster his, lar his larger argument begun in 1512 that resurrection from the dead is a present reality in Christ and the future and a future reality for them. Whatever they may have proclaimed, the Corinthians' actions demonstrated that they had hope for a bodily resurrection. So there we go. So that's why I love the NET. And uh, that's I'm just going to go with that explanation. Hey, like they said, there was over 200 on there. So yeah, uh, ho hopefully, hopefully that helped. So go ahead, don't 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 be shy. Go ahead, put your questions, objections concerns um, in the chat, disagreements, challenge me, go ahead, call me out, you know, wh whatever, whatever it is, you know, uh, maybe you dis maybe, maybe you think when I, when I talk about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, that's not what it is. Go ahead, challenge me on it. All right. Believe me, we, we got scriptures, we got commentaries. We can do this today. So I don't mind. I don't mind at all. My, you know, iron sharpens iron. I'm not looking just for people who, who uh, agree with me. So go ahead. I'm a, so like I said, anything, anything at all. What 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 do I think the Bible says on creation? Uh, when was it? How long ago? I don't. You know, um, anything dealing with end times, with eschatology, you know, timing of the rapture, um, the great tribulation. Maybe maybe you think God won't allow His children to go through the great tribulation. I don't know. Any question on divine healing? Why doesn't God heal all the time? Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing ideas out there to, uh, get the juices flowing. So don't be afraid, um, to pop your question in the chat. All right. Nobody's going to get condemned here. Um, yes, rapture. So what about the rapture source? He said, yes, rapture. That's why I know like what specific question. Cause when we talk about rapture, like we can go down some rabbit holes. Oh, so Richard asked, Oh, hold on a second. Uh, question popped in. So let me, let me just make sure I start questions just in case. Okay. So this is a great question, Casey. 
How do I deal with my demons and PTSD and get over the stuff I did in Iraq? One great question, one that I am more than able to answer. So what do you do with all of that, right? What do we do with those memories that we have that, quite frankly, speaking from experience, by the way, are not going to go away anytime soon? Well, first and foremost, we bring them before God. Now you say, well, that's easy. No, my, it takes practice. It, 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 it doesn't necessarily happen in, in uh, one night. Now, you may need biblical counseling to go along with that. Now, I didn't say Christian, right? Biblical counseling. In other words, biblical counselors use scripture. They don't, they don't mix in the world, the world with scripture. They go by scripture to help you out. I, I would highly recommend you find a good biblical counselor. Um, that, that, that would be a good start, but also practice what the Bible teaches. Uh, first, realize the promises are true, that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. So as so ha, how we choose to think, we become transformed. So, so here's, here's, here's a practical. So you have a, a, a memory pop up, right? It's going to pop up. I know it does. Believe me. Right. Well, don't cast it away. In other words, don't just say, oh, I'm going to try not to not to think on it or whatever. It's going to affect you. So the Bible says to take every thought captive that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Right. Casting down vain imaginations. So so what would that look like? First, we take it capture. Yes. And then we examine the Bible says to examine all things. Right. And we look it over from all different angles. Right. Because because there's a lot of different emotions involved in things like this you may feel survivor's guilt you may feel guilty for taking taking somebody's life who knows um so what do you do with that right what do you do with with that you examine it. you don't you have to do this you have to process it okay you, you can't just try to cast it away or, or push it back down because it's, it's, it's not going to work so you apply the word of god to it maybe you have to forgive people Maybe you have to apply that. I, for one, had to personally apply uh, forgiveness to Muslims for what happened to me and my brothers in, in arms. Um, maybe you, you, as, that, as you're examining memory, you take it to God, right? And then that's, 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 that's the basic process. Now, a great resource I would recommend for you is Dr. Caroline Leaf's book. So L-E-A-F, Caroline Leaf, The Perfect You. Okay, I know the, the title of it, but don't let the title, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. It's a great book, wonderful book. How do I know? Because I read it myself and, and it helped me a, a tremendous deal. Um, so, yeah, so you may need a biblical counselor, um, applying scriptures, um, as well as Dr. Caroline Lee's book, The Perfect You. Those are the best three resources that I can give you. Now, I didn't say it's going to be easy. Um, and there, you may have done stuff you may, you may need God's forgiveness on. Do it. Come before him. He's not going to say, well, go away. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't help you there. No, he's going to believe me. Okay. Believe me. So those are probably the best, the best starting point I can give you on that. Um, Richard here says, um, what are my thoughts on the Nephilim? Now we know that scripture doesn't give a whole lot of detail on this subject. But we have external primary sources. Um, I think they're primary. Anyway, external sources that do give us more detail. Um, we have uh, writings from. Um, jo oh my gosh, I was getting. I, I got the name wrong in my head. Josephus. There we go. We we have we have writings from Josephus, for instance. Um, we have. Um, 
the apocryphal books that give us an idea of at least the the thought process in this ancient Near Eastern culture on subject of giants. We have actually scientific evidence um, that they dug up bones of giants for real, not just in the Middle East, but in different parts of the world. So um, what is that? That means angels came down, right, copulated with women. Um, and the offspring were the Nephilim, um, which we saw um, even in the day of David with giants in the land. Of course, we saw that before that with the 10 spies. So that is what, based off of what I see in the Bible, um, also external documents that talk about this along with archaeological finds. So those are my thoughts on the Nephilim based off of the evidence out there, right? Um, so, yes. So, your stance on scripture, or on rapture, scripture, on rapture, sure, there is only one rapture. First off, there is not a secret rapture. Now, you say, what do you mean on that? Well, we have uh, examples, say, for instance, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, um, about the last trumpet, we say that the dead in Christ will rise first. Um, we, I, I showed you from Zechariah chapter 12 earlier. Um, honest about Christ appearing. We know that Christ won't appear until when, right? He said it. He said, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the, na in the name of the Lord. Um, so uh, in Acts chapter one, when, it, when the apostles and disciples see Jesus rising in the public, right? Cloud of glory, right? The angels tell them, why are you looking up? Jesus is going to, uh, return just as you saw him ascend. Uh, we we have a, a number of scriptures. We have the book of Revelation, right? There's no scripture that says that the church will be taken out there. There's not one single reference to that. Um, we see saints going through it. We see where Jesus said uh, in, in the book of John about um, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. You have overcome, for I have overcome the world. Uh, we see Revelation chapter 9 and Ezekiel chapter 9, both where, where holy holy people of God, um, a mark is placed on their forehead so they will not be harmed. Um, so once again, it's Revelation chapter 9 and Ezekiel chapter 9. Now for a greater in-depth book on this, I would recommend Dr. Michael Brown and Professor Craig Keener's book, um, Why We're Not Afraid of the Antichrist, Why We Don't Believe in a Pre-Tribulational Rapture. I would highly, highly recommend that book. Um, but yeah, there's no evidence that God has ever let his children escape out of trouble, ever. He's preserved us through trouble. There's plenty of evidence for that. For instance, Noah wasn't taken out of the flood. All right, God took him through the flood. So th those are probably... Uh, just off the top of my head. Um, let's see. We see here. Oh, by the way, Casey, yeah, if you want to talk to me in private behind the scenes, um, please reach out to me. Um, I would be more than happy to, to talk with you in private. Um, and just know that everything said is said in confidentiality. Um, I don't go blabbing people's personal stuff out there. So if you ever want to contact me, um, let me know. You can contact me via my website. Um, on the contact form page there. So I say, who are the four angels in the Euphrates river, men, demons, or what? Um, it's not, uh, it's the angels that were bound. 
So um, the angels that copulated, had sex with the women, they were bound in Tartarus, right? The darkest pit of hell. We know that hell has different parts, by the way. Um, Tartarus is, is, is the Greek word used for that. And they are the ones bound and they will be loosed um, based on what I see in scripture. Um, so there you go. So, yeah, like I said, um, anybody, by the way, this goes for anybody. If you ever want to reach out to me, you got some problems, you want to talk with somebody, um, you can reach out to me in private. All right, I'll be more than willing to chat with you whatever way you wish. You want to do a video, we can do a video chat. You want to talk by phone, um, we can do that too. Uh, I, I will meet you where you are at, um, however you want to talk, by the way. So just just, just putting that out there for everybody. On, um, So there we go. So, yeah, good questions so far. Love them. Love them. Um, so keep, keep them coming. Keep them coming. You know, I, I do my best um, to make sure that if I let you know something and it's not explicit in Scripture, I, I let you know that I'm not speaking 100% factually, by the way. So try to be humble about it. Okay, come on. We got about, yeah, we got about, because I got to go. Um, do stuff at four o'clock. So we, so we're gonna cut this at quarter till. So get your questions in now. And thank you for everybody in the chat who's helping one another out and putting in uh, your feedback um, and such like that. So there we go. So any, so keep them coming. Like I said, any question, it doesn't matter. No such thing as a stupid question. I guarantee. I guarantee when you ask a question, there's somebody out there who 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 wants an answer to that question, by the way. So when you ask a question, you're helping your brothers and sisters in Christ out. And I was hoping to get this other gentleman in um, who were, who wanted me to ask, answer a question about divine healing, and why God doesn't always heal, but I haven't seen him in there. Does the devil own science? No. Mm -mm. Science has glorified God throughout history, by the way, throughout history. Um, Oh my gosh, we have the Magi from Persia as an example who followed the start of Bethlehem, right? That's science that they used for that to happen, which was birthed when Daniel was there. Um, oh my gosh, in ancient Greece, we had astronomers who made it clear um, that the earth was round. And this was before we had every device we had today. Um, so science, honestly... It's like anything else, right? A gun. A gun. The devil doesn't own guns. Guns are not evil, but they can be used for evil, right? But in and of themselves, just like science is not evil, but it can be used for evil like anything else. Um, science. I've seen plenty of, of science that points to God with, with, with tremendous evidence, with tremendous evidence. So, yeah. Just because the world, the devil, uses something doesn't automatically make it bad or evil all the time. Now, there are times it does, but not all the time. So, no, I mean, it's not a dumb question. It's a, it's a good question to ask. I mean, there are people who who walk around calling who, who are Christians, but they're completely anti-science and anti-medicine and all that, you know, which is baffling to me. So, no, it's a, it's a great question. So, continue on, continue on. Um, 
yeah, continue on and continue helping each other out. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, love it. Love it. Love it. It's exactly what we're supposed to be doing according to the Bible, right? We're supposed to um, bear one another's burdens, right? So if people have questions or they're wrestling with a subject, you know, maybe a loved one died and we can help each other out on that. Why wasn't that loved one healed? I mean, I just lost a neighbor to cancer very recently. So my next door neighbor, um, um, the husband and wife, she lost her husband recently and it's tough. It's tough. So, you know, there are troubling passages, um, that we read. Um, I'm like, I don't want to share what that means. Well, put them in the chat. All right. If it's troubling to you, then let's work it out together. I'll do my best to help you out. I'm, I know I'm not the only resource or the best resource out there, but I do my best nonetheless um, to try and to help you out the best as I can. So con continue bringing them on. We got about 20 minutes left. Um, looking at the looking at the, the timer there. So go ahead, put them in. So while I'm waiting, don't forget, right there, you can help support this ministry um, by donating. So it's right there, the QR code or the link in the in the, in the video and audio podcast description. So there it is for you right there on the screen. Um, also, yeah, did you know that you can listen to all episodes to include these Q&As on audio podcast platforms? So wherever you listen to your audio podcast, iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, and more, it's out there for you. So just letting you know that. So, I, so you know, some, some of you guys, some, some of you may like to listen to audio podcasts. It's out there for you. So let's see. Different Bible translations. What do, what do what? I don't know. I mean, I use I use many different Bible translations. I mean, I was just depending on what I want to do. If I want a deep study, especially with sermon preparations, I, I use the uh, NET Bible because it has a boatload of footnotes on everything from context to the Greek to the Hebrew to you name it. Um, I use the ESV for ease. Um, sometimes when reading, um, yeah, I use different ones depending on what I want to get done. Um, but they all complement one another. You know, there's not one that's, um, so far, there, let me just say there's no one Bible translation, um, that's so far off. Um, there's ones I disagree with. Um, but when it comes to mainstream, not, not, what, what, what would you call it? Um, translations that are more of paraphrases. Um, that's a whole different story because um, those aren't um, true scripture. Those are just literally what they are, paraphrases. Um, but like I said, I use many different ones. Um, so there you go. So Richard here asks, I believe that the redeemed Jewish people will lead people to Christ. What is your opinion? Um, I hope so. I don't see it in in scripture. Um, you know, that was not God's plan. They're supposed to be light to the nations, scripture says. Um, but Jews leading other Jews to salvation, absolutely. I see it happening all the time. Um, a great example of this is one for Israel. Um, they do great work. I've supported them for years now. I followed what they do for years. I've got their books. Um, and why? Because they're they're leading people to to Messiah right there in Israel, along with a lot of their great content. But as 
them leading many other people to Jesus as in overall. No, I don't see that in the millennium. No, um, no, I, I don't see that anywhere in scripture. Um, because everybody's going to has to come and worship Christ. So they're going to be punished for it. Um, yeah. There's going to be people that end up turning away. We know that um, when Satan is loosed um, after a thousand years, um, and he's going to tempt people. But and I don't. I don't see anywhere in scripture that people are going to be uh, led to salvation um, in the in the millennium kingdom. So if you guys are wondering, yes, I believe that scripture says there's going to be a very literal millennium kingdom because it gives um, detailed answers as to what that's going to look like. And right now, it looks something like that. Okay. So um, Eric says here. Would you suggest a new Christian to avoid a Bible with Apocrypha and Pseudepigrapha until they get a firmer understanding of Scripture? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would recommend any new new Christian to stay away from, in fact, any books whatsoever, uh, any commentaries. I, I, would, I would highly recommend a brand new Christian to stay and focus on the Bible until they get a firm understanding of things. Not, now, I know that's not going to be everything, but they need a, a firm understanding in the essentials, right? In other words, salvation comes through justification, through faith in Christ alone, not by works that any man should boast, for instance, right? Um, the sufficiency of the blood of Christ, right? There's no such thing, in, you know, things like that. You know, in other words, it's sufficient for, for the forgiveness of sins. There's nothing more we need to do or can do in and of ourselves. The Trinity, um, they need to get under, an understanding that the Trinity, the trying nature of God is true. Um, in other words, the essentials. Um, I'm not worried about the secondary issues because they're not, not salvific. But yeah, avoid um, any external Bible sources until a new believer can get an understanding of Scripture. Of course, that will also come by discipleship as well. Um, and that's a whole other story uh, in and of itself or ball game um, in and of itself is because we lack discipleship in churches. And that's why so many people come and start believing wonky stuff that is completely outside of the Bible um, because we don't have actual discipleship in churches like we're supposed to. Um, so yeah, I would definitely agree with that statement. Like I said, including adding into the, onto that Christian books, by the way, I don't care how great the author is man or woman of God. Um, you need to have a firm understanding first. So great question. Great question. I'm sure is going to help out a lot of new Christians out there. So hopefully there are new Christians listening. I don't know. I don't know. But we got about le just under 15 minutes left. So go ahead and, and continue putting your questions. I can say anything that the Bible talks about. All right. Anything at all. Gifts of the Spirit. You know, are they for today? What is a prophet? What is an apostle? I don't hey, go ahead and put that in there. Are the actual offices or or what else? Because I've heard some wonky things about that um, from all sides, by the way. Um, so anyway, but it is my honor and my privilege to be able to do this for you. I, I love doing it for you. I don't mind one bit. It's my honor and privilege to serve you as best as I can. So go ahead, put your questions. Um, and like I said, any subject, right? Bible related. So any subject, you know, should women be in leadership? What does, should, should, what does it really mean for a woman to hold authority over a man, for instance? 
because I've seen some very legalistic ways on that, or opinions, I should say. So, oh, this is a great question right here. What is the, the, the difference between a small A apostle and an apostle like the 12? Um, well, the 12 were obviously the first apostles ever chosen for one. Okay. Now, from the 12, because not all 12 wrote scripture, by the way, from the 12, they had the authority to write scripture. Okay. Um, you know, Apostle John, um, Apostle Matthew, for instance, wrote and wrote those. Okay. Luke was not an apostle, by the way, even though he wrote scripture. So, but they had special authority. Um, and one of those was the was to write scripture, right? No, nobody's writing scripture today. Nobody's adding to it. Now, as in a small a apostle, um, there are plenty of examples throughout church history of this. By the way, Polycarp could be considered, for instance, um, an apostle. Um, Luke, Martin Luther could be considered an apostle. So apostles are sent ones, right? They are specifically sent by God because the Greek word um, apostolos um, meant a sent one that the Romans would send out there uh, where they didn't have a, where they weren't yet. And they would to, they would go there to prepare the way to set up um, a Roman colony. So that's what apostles do today, basically. Church planters, right? Like they, they go and plant church here, there, everywhere. Um, do they hold this? I mean, and by the way, let me just quickly say, um, the apostles, the 12 and the small A apostles, the modern day apostles, by the way, they never exerted special authority like some do today. So they didn't claim that each church had to come under an apostle, for instance, they, that was never preached in the Bible. Um, so yeah, those are, I think, the main differences um, between the 12 and apostles today. And by the way, nowhere in scripture does it say they ever stopped being apostles. Um, Zorus here asks, what parts of the Old Testament do we keep or keep how to discern what to want, what not to live in the New Testament? Simple. What did Jesus teach? Keep those. Whatever Jesus said, keep those. Everything else you can discard. All right, you can discard um, circumcision. You can discard um, the dietary laws. You can discard all those things. Whatever Jesus said for us to do, do that. That's the simplest answer. Where, where, where's the easiest place to find that? Um, Sermon on the Mount. I would begin with that in, in the book of Matthew. That would be That would be the best starting point right there. Um, because nowhere in Scripture does it say, um, under this new covenant, we are required to keep all 613 commandments from the Old Testament. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that. In fact, many people are rebuked in the New Testament for trying to do that and, and thinking that will lead them to salvation or give them something extra special. Okay? Now, I mean, over and over again. I mean, just look at the whole book of Hebrews, for instance. There's a big rebuke in the book of Hebrews um, for those who want to turn away and turn back to the old ways. Um, and by the way, you know, obviously the book of Hebrews was written specifically um, to Jews. So 
Yeah, yeah, there we go. I mean, some might say, well, just keep the moral laws. Yeah, but there's some moral laws we don't keep today in there. You know, we don't stone people to death anymore, right? We don't we don't kill people because of a sin that they committed, like it talks about in there. All right. Now let me pause and say though that if a Jewish person wants to live by the dietary laws, they want to wear the tassels, all of that, fine, go ahead. Nothing wrong with that. Just just know that it it is not needed for salvation. It adds nothing to your salvation. It adds nothing special to your walk with God. So just just, just need to know that. I'm not downing and dismissing, say, hey, now you got saved, you have to become less Jewish. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just it just adds nothing extra special to it. Even even people will say about observing the feast. I, I don't mind the Jewish feasts. I love them. I think they're great representatives. They're prophetic. They're highly prophetic. I just don't think they add anything at all to us. Um, you know, or to anybody. I don't see anywhere in the Bible. I mean, unless you want to say Paul was wrong, right? When Paul, because Paul said when I was when I was among the Jews, I became like a Jew, right? But then when I was with the Greeks, I became like a Greek. So, which means Paul didn't always observe. Okay, let me put this. He wasn't always Torah observant. Let me put it that way. So, great question. A lot of people have have questions like that, and and so if you want to know explicitly what we need to follow. Oh, by the way, Jesus didn't make things easier. By the way, um, so he, he took things to a much higher standard. So there we go. We got less than, wait, what time is it? Okay, we got just over five minutes left. So go ahead, get your questions in now, um, and I'll do my best to answer them. So great questions today. Honestly, great questions. Love them. Keep them coming. All right. Even if you're watching and you disagree with me, then put your disagreement in there. Go ahead. Challenge me. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't back down from challenges. All right. I'm more than more than thrilled to meet the challenges. So just just love it. You know, even if you're not a Christian. I disagree. Okay, I'm fine. Maybe you're Muslim and you think Islam is true. Well, go ahead. Challenge me on it. You know? A anybody whatsoever. Maybe you disagree with me saying Roman Catholics and Eastern Orthodox are not Christians. Well, go ahead, put it in the chat. By the way, I have videos on that, by the way. I have interviews I've done on this with Steve Christie. Um, and he's he can answer those, those type of things in depth, by the way. So is fasting allowed for Protestants? Yep, absolutely. There's nothing in the Bible that forbids it. Um, in fact, let me just let me just look this up. Let me just double check something here. Hopefully this will work. Fasting. Let me look this up. This is why I love using this. Let me go um, fasting. So you're like, oh, yeah, is it, is it New Testament? So I'm going to blow it up here, so forgive me. So do we have examples in the New Testament? Let's see. Can you can you see this? Um, let's see. Yeah, okay, you good. You guys can see it. All right. Right, Matthew, after fasting 40 days. Nice. Jesus fasted. Right? Talks about fasting, plenty of teachings. We have, how about the book of Acts? Um, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. So there we go. They, they, they fasted. Um, so plenty of evidence in the, in the um, New Testament itself of, of Christians fasting. So 
Yeah. And is it essential? Yeah. Yeah. We often talk about prayer, but we often skip over the fasting part. And fasting is, it, we should fast. Why? What does fasting do? It, it, it kills our flesh. It, it, it helps us to rely more on God. Because I'm telling you, when you fast, right? I'm not talking about fasting one day. I'm talking about when you reach about day three, right? Then you're going to really have to depend on God because now the headaches come. Now you're weak, right? It, it teaches us to depend on God all the more when we fast. So is is not only should we, not only can we fast, but yeah, we absolutely should fast. We absolutely should. And I think that's why a lot of Christians don't walk around in victory because of lack of a, a, a lifestyle of fasting, you know? That's what, you know, I believe a lot more Christians would walk in victory if they fasted, but a lot of a lot of them don't, you know, they would rather, you know, whatever it is they like to eat, they would rather eat that more, you know, what do you love more? What do you want more? Do you want, do you want, do you want to eat your comfort food or do you want victory in Christ? Oh, here's a good question. This might be the last one. I don't know. Zor says, how to hear God better and how to get changed by him. Like I said, fasting. Okay. How to hear God better. Spend time with him. Spend time with him. How about you ask him to speak to you? There's one. That's what I told Jesus at my moment of salvation. I told Jesus. I said, Jesus, I'm done listening to the world. I only want to listen to you. And you know what? He hasn't stopped speaking to me since. Um, so you have to get a prayer life and a Bible study life. You have to have one every day. You can't skip it. Every day. You must set aside time for prayer. Every day you must set aside time um, to read the word of God. Now, how I do it, when I get alone with scripture, I said, God, let your work, let your word do its work in me, right? And give me your wisdom, your knowledge, and understanding. So there's one. And how to get changed. Yeah, like I said, also fasting um, along with prayer. Get a, make it a lifestyle, right? Don't Don't quit. Um, before your fasting is over. So if you say, I'm going to, I'm going to fast for a whole week. Well, fast for a whole week then don't, don't give up. Rely on God more. Um, there's no secret to it. Um, it's, it's one all of us should, should be willing to do. So, ah, so Richard asks Zechariah 823 is why he asked it. Okay. Let's bring that up real quick. I think we got a few more minutes left. So let me try to get this done. What is it? Zechariah 823, right? Oh, uh, Okay. 823 scrolling down, scrolling down. Ah, the Lord of Heaven's armies says, In those days, ten people from all languages and nations will grasp hold of, indeed, grab the robe of one Jew and say, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Um, do I see that? No, I mean, because. In the New Testament, um, let me just bring this footnote up. This scene is of universal and overwhelming attraction to the nation of Israel's God, finds initial fulfillment in the establishment of the church, but ultimately completion in the in the Messianic age, right? In the Messianic age. So awesome. See, I told you I love I love footnotes. Um how much self-discipline does the Bible expect? 100 percent those are the expectations. Now, what, why would I say um, something crazy like that? Because Jesus himself made this. He said, if you lust after a woman. So in other words, if we even look, well, we're not, we're not supposed to look on, right? You watch pornography. That's, that's 
you're, you're committing adultery, right? Um, that's self-discipline, right? Um, self-discipline. I'm not going to watch that. You know, I'm, I'm going to resist temptation. Um, I'm not going to hate, hate people, right? Cause that's equal to murder. I told you Jesus, Jesus didn't make things easier. All right. He raised the standard even higher, um, much higher than what, than once, what it once was, you know, he's like, okay, you have heard it said, for instance, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but he says, but I tell you, right. He talks about loving your enemy. That's self-discipline. I mean, when people speak evil against you, I mean, I get it. I get it through my way a lot, right? What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to pray for them. That takes self-discipline not to do that, right? The Bible commands us to be slow to anger, right? That's not an easy one for anybody, right? There's, there's something that will push all of our buttons. So yeah, 100% is what, is what, is what the, what the Bible talks about. So great question. Um, and so I'm going to have to cut here. Because we're going to have to leave soon. Um, but thanks for your great questions today. Thanks for your great interactions. It's always my honor. It's always my privilege. All right, don't forget. All right, there's the option to donate. Like I said, I, I, I'm i not going to be doing a live show tomorrow. No show tomorrow at all, period. Nothing streaming. I'm unable to stream because I can't. I can't. I just don't have the, the money to do it anymore. Um, to record a video, upload it, and then live stream everywhere. So, But if you want, if you want to help me out to be able to do that again, um, if not, I'll work with what I got, but just, uh, the way there's a link in the video, in the video and audio description to donate. If you want, if you don't, God bless you. If you do, God bless you. God bless you either way. But, um, I am out for today. So God bless you, everybody. Heaven,